Radio Rahi with Mauricio Suleiman at a WBC event where you couldn't be more at home. Uh, Wilder Ortiz, it's a very interesting rematch. Uh, talk to me, first off, as a boxing fan, I mean, obviously uh, the WBC is, is, is your home and, and that's your work, but just as a general fan, how do you see this fight? Oh, very exciting. I was fortunate to be at the first one in New York. It was a tremendous fight. It was very exciting. Uh, Ortiz really hurt Wilder, had him very hurt. And then Wilder came back and knocked him out in a tremendous, one of the best heavyweight fights in recent years. So I'm very happy, very excited, and it's going to be a tremendous event. What do you make of the way Ortiz is looking this week? He seems to have turned back the hands of time. Well, he's looking very good. He's in shape, he's ready, he looks calm, and he's just eager to get into the ring. So it makes it uh, highly dramatic. <laughs> now, uh, the winner of this fight obviously will be, or continue to be, the WBC heavyweight champion. And in recent days, we've seen Wilder uh, just come out on his own and say that that's enough for him. Like, he doesn't apparently want to be a franchise champion. Does that mean that you pick someone else as a franchise champion in the heavyweight division? Absolutely not. We, we do not ask fighters to be franchise champions. There's a, a very few fighters that uh, are eligible to that designation. And that designation is not a new championship, not a new title. It's simply the possibility of fighters who define an era to go out and continue growing the sport, the industry of boxing. Uh, Canelo Alvarez, Lomachenko are two fighters who define this era. Two fighters who fight in different weight categories. Two fighters who are and have great opposition and they want to take the best fights for the fans. So that's, uh, I know there's a lot of buzz about the franchise. It is so important that everyone is talking about it. And basically, it will take time for everyone to understand what it is. We in the WBC, we are visionaries and we look at things to grow the sport and to make it better. So I feel confident. I take all the critics. I take all the blows. I have no issue with that. But I'm confident that it's going to be very good for the sport. Well, you say maybe people understanding will uh, make it a lot easier for people to accept. Because you're right, there's a lot of people talking about it, but not in a positive way. They seem it's, the problem seems to be that if it's not a new title, if it's not a title you can win in the ring, why does it affect the titles that you have won in the ring. In other words, why would you need to vacate your WBC no, you title? Don't, you don't vacate. It's, it's a, the franchise champion is a recognition that is provided and given, and these fighters represent the WBC in all future fights. So can you explain or at least clarify what's happening with the Lomachenko situation, for instance, and, and it seems that the Canelo situation with Charlo would be the same. So if, there's, if, if, if I'm incorrect, correct me, but it, it appears that Lomachenko's franchise champion, he vacates the WBC. Now Devin Haney right over there is WBC champion without having fought him. And now Haney doesn't have an opportunity to be mandatory because Lomachenko is a franchise champion. Is that incorrect? No, he is a champion. So why, why does he, he does not need to be mandatory. He is a champion. He can fight. Haney, he can, I mean, he can fight Lomachenko, he can fight uh, Teofimo Lopez, he can fight whoever he but wants. But now Lomachenko ha can sidestep he, he, him he wants without to... losing uh, his, his title, essentially. You know what I mean? 
I understand what you say, but uh, it is not... You're looking at one tree instead of the big forest. Canelo Alvarez wanted to fight Mayweather desperately. And we saw what happened. It was not the right time. Had Canelo waited two years to fight, Mayweather would have been a much bigger fight. It would have been a, where he had a much opportunity to be victorious. So, as I say, uh, it's going to take a few moments, a few examples. You have your own opinion. You shake your head. It, it's your opinion. It's you're, not. Well, you, you're interviewing me or you're judging me. No, you said that you were willing to take the criticism and it. answer I, the critics. They're not my questions that just come from me personally, well, well, or even my opinions, like certainly. What I do is I read what the audience that covers, or that watches boxing is saying, say, and how you. the fighters complain in interviews when I, I have them. I, I will send you a lot of material to read from others who like it. Right, but I would I like... I will send you Bob Arums, who is Lomachenko promoter, Opinion. I will send you Canelo Alvarez. But I talk to these guys personally, so you don't have to send them to me. I want to get your first-hand explanation. I'm not saying you're right or wrong. I'm saying that only you can really explain what you're doing. It's You're the WBC. Right. So w when people come to me in an interview and they're like, I don't like this, I don't think this is right, I, I should be mandatory for Lomachenko, but now I'm not because of this whole franchise thing, the only person that can really explain that is you. Uh, with all due respect, like there's no... You know, it's nothing personal. I just want people to have an opportunity to either realize they're right or realize they're wrong. Well, um, if you concentrate so in one example, then you get lost. Let's look at the big picture. Lomachenko can go out and fight in any weight category against other champions, against other uh, great fights that people want to see. Haney can do the same. He's got to build his reputation. He's got to build his, uh, his career. Canelo can go up to light heavyweight, middleweight, super middleweight. So we're just uh, in a different world and we're adjusting to the world. And what we want and what we choose is to have the ability of having the greatest fights for the fans. Okay, uh, Mauricio, the mandatory position for a fighter is something that exists so that champions have to give people a shot who've earned it even by the WBC standards, you designate who's a mandatory, they say this guy deserves a shot. If they can hold their title or get even a, a greater title or a different title like franchise and not face guys who deserve a shot, it's almost like the WBC is giving them a way out of facing their mandatory opponents. So the mandatory opponents are griping and it appears that the champions are taking advantage of something that's not fair. So. What I'm asking for the fans who don't understand and the fighters who are complaining, why is the WBC in a position now to bless a fighter with a championship they don't win in the ring and then give them an opportunity to sidestep a mandatory fighter who deserves a shot? Well, the WBC is the organization who invented the mandatory rule. We invented the designation of a fighter be the mandatory so the champion has the obligation to face them. That was done many years ago because fighters were docked five, six years. Now, the WBC is adjusting. In 2019, we're today, a rule from 40 years ago. We have a designation of a franchise champion to a fighter who defines 
the industry, a fighter who is of an era. The fighter has to be of great importance, has to be a uh, proven uh, force in the sport. And these are the characteristics that both Canelo and Lomachenko have. We don't believe that we're doing any disservice to Charlo, who is the WBC middleweight champion, or any disservice to Haney, who is WBC lightweight champion. Haney is 21 years old, has come into the picture very fast. We have supported him since he was uh, an amateur, and we're very proud of him, and he's just a little bit too anxious. Uh, he's got a lot of work to do in the sport, and a lot of things to prove, and a lot of success to, to earn. So, going back, this is not a general rule that will affect the process. To become a mandatory contender, you win a final elimination or you are designated uh, by the Board of Governors as mandatory. Uh, the champions have the obligation to face a mandatory once a year and that's the general rule. We have a new concept which is franchise. We will see how it works. But at this time, I am certain that we're not doing any disservice or we're not doing any injustice to anyone and we will see what happens. And last question on this point, the guys like Haney and Charlo, who are now champions, world champions, they carry the belt, they carry the title, take criticism because they didn't win those championships in the ring. Uh, how do you explain that they are true champions if they didn't beat the former champion to attain that title? You know, uh, Lennox Lewis defeated Razor Rodok in England. And Riddick Bowe, afraid of Lennox Lewis, threw the belt in the trash because he was a coward. He did not want to face Lennox. So the WBC appointed Lennox Lewis as world champion. And then he fought Tucker in the mandatory. So there's precedent. This is consistent. This is uh, Haney defeated Abdullayev and became interim champion. So when there's no champion, the rule says the interim champion becomes champion. He won the title in the ring against Abdullayev and just defended it. Charlo was the interim champion and he won the title in the ring. And I'm sorry I missed the name who he defeated, but uh, he won in the ring. So he was the interim champion and ask him if he is proud and honored to be WBC champion or not. You are correct in that the WBC is doing a lot of innovative things, things that haven't been done before, and um, it's going to take some adjustment. The last time we talked about the replay in London, which seemed to work fantastically on the night. Um, now we've covered the franchise championship. Uh, next, you're on to the doping uh, <clears throat> regulations. Confuse some people there, too. Um, so for clarification's sake, uh, obviously this clembuterol, if I'm pr pronouncing that correctly, has become uh, a sticking point for, topic. for a trending topic, if you will, especially after the Canelo uh, issues. So can you just flatly explain what is the WBC's position now on clembuterol testing if you test positive for that uh, substance? Okay, let me explain a little bit. First, clembuterol. It's a substance that is found on beef because uh, illegally uh, they feed them clenbuterol so they grow and they sell a bigger cow for more money. 
that's a problem in Mexico, that's a problem in China. It's, it's a national health problem. Clenbuterol is a substance that can be found in tests. In 2011, 109 football players, soccer players, that were in Mexico for a World Cup from all over the world, 109 tested positive out of 200 tests. Okay? Uh, Francisco Vargas tested possible, I mean, positive four years ago. Luis Neri, three years ago. Canelo, two years ago, uh, for that substance. This June, WADA, who is the World Anti-Doping Association, who is responsible on making the rules of doping, they are the ones who say which substance is illegal, which substance and which level is illegal. They put out a release on June stating the threshold for clenbuterol. Anything underneath a certain number is just an atypical finding coming from meat contamination. Over that, it's considered a doping to be investigated. So we did not make the rule. It's WADA. They very positively changed it to make justice because it's a fact that there's a problem of doping in, uh, through the cattle that you can possibly be found as doping while being innocent. Obviously, this is the explanation that Canelo gave when he tested positive. Under the new rules of WADA, and now the WADA, now uh, and the regulations that the WBC have accepted, would Canelo have been um, exonerated? Per, yeah, would he have been exonerated? Under these new parameters, his test would have been a no, uh, no, not for consideration. It would have been a negative. A permissible amount. Permissible amount uh, <coughs> justifying a uh, contamination. So from the WBC's perspective, with these new findings being accepted or these new regulations being accepted as reasonable, can we say that Canelo and the fighters in the past who have tested at that level have been exonerated or pardoned? Or can we take a, put, put an asterisk on their, uh, their findings? They should. They should. Uh, and there's other uh, substances like meldonium. It's a very uh, Russian area substance. They also changed the threshold, and Povetkin had a horrible uh, situation with that, and they also right. changed that threshold. So, unfortunately, uh, doping is a reality. Doping is a, a threat to humanity and sports. And uh, a few who dope and a few who take advantage and cheat hurt the whole vast uh, universe and it's such a, a stigma to get yourself out from under once you've been tested positive been suspended in a situation like this the reason I ask is because they in comments or whatnot Canelo never stops having to answer for this cheating thing is there some absolution some some uh, way that you can say now Canelo from the WBC's perspective was never a cheater well, he was never a cheater for the WBC. If you recall, when it was announced, we immediately came out explaining what clenbuterol was. Mm -hmm. So for the WBC, it was never considered a doping. Uh, Francisco Vargas, the same case, we communicated with the California Commission, we investigated, we looked into it, and the fight went on. So we have known clenbuterol is a health issue uh, since... 
2010, 2011, and we are very uh, up, in, up to date with that matter. So for the WBC, Canelo was never, and we took a lot of heat on that as well, because uh, at that moment we took up for him because we know what Clembutero is and how it happened and why it happens. He presented receipts of the places he ate. Those that, on the time when he was tested, he had uh, even a dinner with Bill Clinton. So maybe Bill Clinton, if they had tested him, could have had Clembutero. <laughs> you think Bill Clinton's a Triple G fan trying to... No, just kidding. <laughs> so, okay. So, yeah. So now we have some, some resolution to that. Absolution. The WBC's perspective that he didn't—he's he, not because he took take a punishment for that. He was still, suspended. Still takes it. Once they label you of something, uh, it takes uh, almost uh, eternity to clean. Yes. Jack Johnson—he was—he—he he has been uh, pardoned, but still some people would would uh, not accept it. So. It, it's just a matter of understanding and being confident of what you do, uh, being confident if you're if you're uh, not guilty, just uh, go like that. He's been absolved. He's been absolved. <laughs> we'll take him to the Pope for a blessing. <laughs> and lastly, a doping situation that does not fall under the clambuterol issue at all, but does affect the WBC directly in this mandatory issue we've been talking about, uh, Dillian White. It's been also a confusing issue. Um, Eddie Hearn has said that this test was not correct, that everybody knows that this is like a false positive. Uh, he's now slated to fight in, in December. From your standpoint, is Dillian White the mandatory WBC heavyweight for the winner of Ortiz Wilder? Dillian White is undergoing a process by the law of the United Kingdom, which nobody can overrule. So until the time that process is finished, uh, his uh, status as interim champion and mandatory is suspended until the legal process finishes. Hmm. To answer Eddie Hearn and Dylan White most directly, has there been any issue with him being mandatory? He feels like he was mandatory for way too long, never got a shot. Then this came up as a way to keep him from getting a shot. Like it's very personal. How do you answer that? I'm a very dear friend of Dillian White. So maybe what he says, it's for media. I was with him, I've been with him. Uh, we have gone thoroughly. He uh, challenges our position, not from this matter, but from the past. Uh, we have everything documented and we are not gonna go into a, you say, I say, in a pissing contest. I respect Dillian, I like him very much. I hope his case is cleared and he is able to finally get his uh, WBC championship shot. He's been very loyal. He's been uh, offered fights for other organizations. He says, no, I want the green belt, and we're just doing the process. But uh, we, we, we have spoken at length, uh, his people, his promoter, and himself. So everything is good. So if he is cleared, we can, we can say from the WBC's perspective, he will then be mandatory and get that shot that he's been waiting for, oh, it seems like three years now, to get. <laughs> <laughs> the famous 500 days. Yes. That, that, was a, that was a good creation. It, it, they did good. Got a lot of people angry at us, but it, I'll take it as well. <laughs> uh, the resolution from the convention, as I say, it's doing the process, the legal process by UCAT. 
so right now we're waiting. He, uh, Tyson Fury, if he fights uh, against Wilder in February, he will be, that will be the mandatory fight. When uh, White is cleared, then White will be mandatory February 2021. He knows it. 2021. Yeah, because we're in November 19. Yeah, that's over a year. That's, uh, I don't know, he's going to love that one. Okay. Well, hopefully he gets clear first. <laughs> right. Mauricio Suleiman, you are a very patient man, very generous with your time. Oh, uh, I know these are, this is not always of the most pleasant topics, but clarification is important, and I, I appreciate I, you I, being I, willing to clarify. I appreciate all the questions because that gives us the opportunity to clarify. Of course, I just want to say something. I am not in a popularity contest. I am not here to be the good guy or how nice he says or does. No, no, no. We do things and we move boxing. Some things are not like, eventually they're like or not, but we are trying to do our best. When my father changed from 15 to 12 rounds, he was vilified. I mean, it was a horrible moment in, in our life, but uh, that has proven that it saved so many lives and the quality of life of many. So we're just moving ahead, we're moving forward and trying to do the best for the sport. We're gonna move forward to this Saturday night in Las Vegas at the Grand Garden Arena. Ortiz versus Wilder, Wilder-Ortiz rematch. Gonna be a fantastic show for the WBC. Always a pleasure to cover your events, sir. Radio Rahim with Mauricio Suleiman.